Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. In our never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, tactical, factual, and biblical ways that will challenge the way you think about faith and work, today we're going to have another exciting discussion with my good friend, Rod Thompson. Rod, thanks for joining us today. I'm glad to be back again. We did this, uh, I don't know, two or three weeks ago, whenever it was, and we, at that time, we talked about what it is to live out your faith in a hostile work environment. Right. And uh, that was a fun show. If you're listening today and you didn't catch that show, the reason we had that conversation with Rod is because Rod is a 30-year veteran journalist. And as a believer throughout really all of that time, really, when you, yes. got, you got born again... I went at Michigan State. At Michigan State, so in college. Yeah. And so you entered journalism as a believer. But obviously we know, and we had a fun discussion about the fact that the, uh, the world of journalism is not necessarily friendly to those who are either believers or conservative yeah. and you were both and i was both <laughs> yes and outwardly both <laughs> and and yeah there's something about you that i would imagine not too many people had uh, any question about what your feelings were <laughs> no and if they did they could check out the ten commandments on my desk <laughs> 
<laughs> so, um, but you know, I, 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 that was a fun discussion too because we talked about the fact that uh, it was a nice crucible for you to really be educated in how to how to influence people, and I don't just mean that in the, in the in the negative ways, but really in the positive ways. Yeah, completely. As a matter of fact, I, I find it to be it it formed who I am now and what I can do now in a lot of ways. I, I would not trade those years for anything because as difficult as it was, particularly at first when I realized that there's a lot of really smart people out there that can throw up a lot of mud and make things difficult and be intimidating. And you're not just in a church environment talking with a bunch of other Christians. You're talking about with a bunch of college educated people um, who are clever on their feet that I had to, I had to be able to defend what I believe or just shut my mouth. And uh, as I mentioned before, I think being somewhat constitutionally incapable of keeping my mouth shut. Yes, you did. Yes. Um, Shutting your mouth was not an option, so educating yourself was a requirement. It had to be. It had to be. But the fact that the way they kept coming at me from different angles with different questions, um, a lot of them were just antagonistic, but some were questioners, were seekers. And even when I was talking to the antagonistic ones, I knew that there were other people listening. And I couldn't be, I couldn't come across as ignorant or embarrassed um, of the gospel. I couldn't, I could not represent Christ in that way. I had to be confident in what I was saying and what I believed. And it it required a number of years in that crucible to get to that point. Yeah, well, it's it's great to chat with you today because obviously you're an incredibly well-read, well-versed person. You can talk on a wide variety of topics, political topics, uh, biblical topics. You're you're something of an apologist. I'm still waiting for your apolo- your, your book on apologetics. Right. Um, you don't apologize. We should be clear what we mean by that. <laughs> you don't apologize. The Greek word apologetic. Huh? Yes. Yeah. But uh, there's a scripture that we, as we were talking today about what we might discuss on air today, we, the, the scripture from Psalm 24 came up. So I'm going to just read a few verses of this out of the Amplified Bible, and I think there's some fun things we could springboard off of uh, today, but uh, uh, it's Psalm 24. I'm going to read from verse 1. It says, it's, it's a Psalm of David, of course. The, thir- the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it, the world and they who dwell in it. We can just stop right there, because it is his property. It is. I think that's the whole point of this show, too. Isn't it? Working for him, I work for him, because everything is his in the first place, right? Yeah. I mean, at best, we just have a short-term lease on it, um, you know, for our time here, and when we say everything is his, when he says everything is his, that's not just the world that we see around us. Right. That's our very being mm. is everything. That's included in it because all we have known to date is right here, us on this earth. But it includes our very being. It's not just everything we're looking at out there that's his, which is his. Sure. But it's you and me at the mic here. We are his. It's Ivan in the room. It, it his. It's the listeners. They are his. Everything is his. And it takes a bit of a revolutionizing sort of view of that, I think, for us to see who we are in him and who we are meant to be. Yeah, and, and to, to even think about this as an Old Testament passage, this doesn't even get into the idea that we're his because we've been bought with a price. No. We're his because we're made of the stuff he made. Right. And we are actually, our life force is his essence breathed into man. So our eternal souls are, are certainly what was bought and paid for sure. through Calvary. Um, but 
every non-believer is still his and that they are borrowing the material with which he said, you know, in the beginning and he created heaven and earth. They are just borrowing that material for their fleshly being at the moment. Even the ones who are shaking their fists in his direction and telling him, you know, where he can go. Right. Uh, their, 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 their very fists are made of the stuff that he, Absolutely. <laughs> he manufactured. So I love this psalm. It says he's founded it upon the seas and established it upon the currents and the rivers. Who shall go up into the mountain of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up himself to falsehood or to what is false, nor sworn deceitfully. This is a little different because I'm reading the Amplified. Uh, I don't know if it sounds any louder, but it's, it's Amplified. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Some of us just it. live Amplified. Don't we, though? Yeah, yes. we're just living loudly. But um, that, that I think that was the verse in particular that was kind of on your heart today, it was, was, was verse 4. It is. You have another translation there, I think. I do. I, I, I've really fallen in love lately with the Holman Christian Standard. It's H-O. L-M-A-N, the name of the guy. Yeah, the Holman yeah, Publishing yeah, Company. Exactly. When I first heard it verbally, I thought it was home and I couldn't figure it out. Anyway. Oh. So it's <laughs> H-O-L-M-A-N. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's H-O-L-M-A-N, Holman Christian Standard. And his, his it reads is, the one who has, a cl- who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not set his mind on what is false and who has not sworn deceitfully. And the part where it says not sworn or not set his mind on what is false. Interesting. I think that's a huge a huge issue for all of us, particularly in the modern world where we have, we have uh, internet access to everything. We have mobile access to everything. We have entertainment, pop. The entire culture around us is saturated in lies. And it's what's true. deceitful. And, uh, you know, the, the other thing that, that, that is interesting about that is that it, it's, it says he set his mind or has not set his mind on what is false. We are in charge of our minds. That's right. This is something that, you know, as a parent, I'm, I'm training my daughter. She's she's 10 now. But one of the things that happens is, you know, maybe you're scared at nighttime or you have, you know, other things. It's a powerful lesson to realize that what goes on in your mind is up to you. It is. And it's one reason why I think we're told as believers to take every thought captive you know we take those thoughts captive and we are in control we have a choice on what we let our mind dwell on and what we let into our mind um, and therefore what comes out and you know it does come out in a life this came up in the topic yesterday we were, we were here with joey brandon and we were talking about experiencing supernatural peace in the workplace and he was sharing out of philippians 4 6 through 8 which which talks about what you what you meditate on mm-hmm. you know if anything is true noble etc cetera, etc cetera. think on these things right. and this verse is is from an old testament passage talking about the same idea not setting your mind on that which is false it's completely the same idea this is so this one is saying don't set your mind on what is false don't swear deceitfully you know so being honest and whatnot the the new testament one is saying so the the old testament has set the foundation what not to do and the new testament is saying what to do Right. Right. Yeah. So as a, as a believer in the workplace today, as someone who, as we've already said, you belong to him, right? We choose, thankfully, he gave us the choice, but uh, we, we do exercise the choice of who we're going to serve. Absolutely. But in our workplaces, in our businesses, Rod, I know you work with small businesses like I do uh, and business owners and, and, and also others, but you help them with publicity. At, you, you kind of leverage your experience from journalism, from all your years as not just a reporter, but an editor. Uh, executive editor, somebody who has spent your life as a storyteller, 
right? But you you work with business people and you see businesses and 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 all of the the things that we're doing from a commercial sort of business standpoint. We're out there trying to earn a living. We're trying to serve our customers. We're trying to do the things that we do. What would what would setting your mind on something false do to a person in the workplace? Right. Well, it would warp them in their motives to start with, and ultimately it would warp their company. In other words, if one of the things that's false that you can set your mind on is I want to be rich. I want to have a bunch of stuff. Now, because that's where I'll gain my happiness from. The lie there is that you will get happiness from being rich. I know a lot of rich people and happiness is not a part of their life. And many of the richest have proven this. <laughs> you know, the <laughs> that, Howard Hughes and, and the others. That, indeed. And sure. then you have, then you know, you have people who just struggle every month just to get by and all, but they are full of joy. So one of the lies that you can set your mind on, one of the deceits, one of the falsehoods is that I just need to be able to make more money Money, I need to be able to get more stuff, and then life will be better. You know, uh, I know you have a big heart for Haiti as a nation. We've swapped some stories right. about traveling. How many times have you been to Haiti? Close to twenty. Wow, it's a lot of time. One of the, I, I, no, the first time I went, I was nineteen, and I remember walking down the roads in the, 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 the area that we were in, which was just outside of Port-au-Prince, uh, where we spent our time on the mission trip that I was on, and the joy on the faces of the children and the people. Now, there were plenty of people who sort of understood, hey, life is rough. But many of them expressed and lived in a place of joy that was unfathomable. I found that, too. I Particularly, I love I love the Haitian church services that we oh. would go to. I mean, they express themselves, and, and culturally, they express themselves loudly and exuberantly. But you're in these in these churches that are, you know, they're, they're cinder block. They have some cross current of air, but not a lot. You have a lot of people <laughs> packed in, often a dirt floor, and everybody is roasting hot. They couldn't care less. They are sitting there. They're just praising God in worship, in prayer, and all and and nobody's in a hurry to leave it's true i mean why I mean, where are you gonna go where are you i mean gonna go? and it was it was fascinating to see that i also one of the things i learned was was that when someone who is a haitian native gets to the united states and has a look around that often they're just never the same oh yeah it yeah, just it destroys them like it, it yeah. does matter of fact there was one uh, we had one that worked with us down there on a number and he's still working down there with the missionary that we work through um and he had lived in the states for a while he was in orlando and uh and he got sucked into the culture here so fast he actually ended up committing a crime and he had to be sent back to haiti for good he can never leave haiti again now he can never come to the u.s again but he tasted what's here and not back there but he was able to get resaved, however you want to say it. He okay, redevoted yeah. himself, and he is full of joy in his life. He has contentment knowing what he will never get again, living in the dirt-poor poverty of rural Haiti, hmm. and he has complete contentment and joy in his life. It's amazing what God can do. It is, and, and it's it's interesting, though, how it demonstrates the principle that you were just describing, right? The, the lie that says, well, just getting more stuff, you call it materialism, greed, whatever you want to call it, but it's, it's a lie. That's based on this idea that having something will produce some level of fulfillment. And the way you know it's a lie really in your own life, too, in addition to the fact that it's really kind of spelled out in Scripture, is that think back in your life. Every time you started making more money, what happened? You pretty much usually spent most all of what more you made. If not we, more. If not more than <laughs> it, yes. But did, were you actually happier 
a lot of times you're more stressed out, right? Yes. Right. <laughs> you and know? if you end up with a lot, then you actually start stressing out about the possibility of losing it. Whereas if you don't really have very much, you really don't stress about losing it. Yeah, it's one of those principles from Proverbs. You know, the, the rich man builds a high wall to defend himself and the yeah. poor doesn't have to worry about it. Yeah, or the guy that builds a barn because he's got all the extra stuff and it says, don't you know this, this night your life will be required of you? Right, exactly. Exactly. So uh, what might be uh, some of the other falsehoods and so forth uh, that, 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 that could have an impact on us in, in the workplace today? Uh, yeah, I think in, generally along the lines of the materialism, mm. um, I think also that you can get a complete amount of fulfillment out of your job, out of your work, um, and that you are, you are self-identified as who you are only as a businessman or whatever it might be. Based on what you do. So based on what you we do. guys tend to fall into this guys trap a little bit more often than more the ladies so. do. But right. finding our identity in either our accomplishments or the things that we're aspiring to accomplish, right? Right. Big, big mistakes to fall into. Big trap because that's not who we are. Uh, yeah. And, and it's... Uh, so, so, so those are the falsehoods. What would the truth be that we want to meditate on instead of, uh, of striving? Well, one of the first truths really is God, you've got to know God's word. I saw this, um, I saw a poll um, just recently that, that said that 18% of non-Catholic Christians, of Protestants in this country, 18% read their Bible daily. That is a, a sadly small number. One in five, less than one less in five. Less than one in five. And, uh, and, a, and a, a majority did not read it once a week. Interesting. And we're chatting today with Rod Thompson, our special guest. We're sharing a little bit out of uh, Psalm 24 and talking about truths and falsehoods and, and, and the idea that we don't want to set our minds on falsehoods from Psalm 24, verse 4. And uh, the, the fascinating thing, as we were just saying a moment ago, Rod, before the break, is that we choose. Right. Right. We do choose. And I, whenever I hear the word choice, uh, there's two scriptures that come right to mind. One is when Moses, uh, it was said that he chose rather to suffer with the children of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season because that's really we all have that choice that's what we have we can serve the Lord and we can whatever suffering that might appear to have in this short season or we can enjoy the pleasures of sin but it's only for a season and then comes the judgment and it's true I, I you know a lot of the a lot of the elements uh, that are enticing and, and, and areas of temptation eh, you'll, you'll probably enjoy them for a little while of course you would. That's why it's called temptation. I mean, I, I go through this with so many people. You know, they feel like they're, they feel awful that they're being tempted in this sinful way. And so that's why it's a temptation. Jesus was tempted in every way as we are. That's what the Bible says. He just never gave in to the temptation, which is how he lived perfectly. But the, the idea that sin is tempting is is the truth. That is the truth. And you would enjoy it. That's what makes it tempting. But the thing is, is it will kill you. And with that, we can call it a wrap for today. You know, I mean, what else do we need to say, right? Really. But you know, it's it's uh, it reminds me of the passage from Colossians chapter three, and, and Paul says, "If you, if then you were raised with Christ, which we were, if we we're born again, right? If we know Him, seek those things, pursue those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth." And again, it just sort of re- reiterates it, underscores the idea that. That we have choices. We have something that we have the opportunity to exercise. 
a right. free choice. We do. And so one of the, uh, you'd asked me earlier, and wh- another area I think where it is uh, fault to dwell on is uh, is bitterness. Looking mm-hmm. at offenses from the past where you've been hurt, maybe you really have been hurt, but to dwell on that and be bitter over that is, is just absolutely killing you. For one thing, it causes no harm to the other person for you to be offended and to be bitter over it, but it, it, it kills you and it will eat away at your faith and at your inner person to let uh, a bitter root take a deep, you know, a bitter root take a deep hold on your heart. Exactly. And and it's 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 interesting that we, again, choose this. You know, it's easy to, when you've been wounded, especially. Right. And we all have it, you know, in business. And it's, the wounding people can who be true. You. Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. You got somebody who stiffs you on your bill. We talked about that yesterday. It was a $30,000 bill that Joey shared about, you know, like somebody decided, we're just not going to pay that, you know. And uh, it took them two years in their business to recover. Yeah. You could meditate on that. Yes, you could. If you wanted to. And you, you could let that eat away at you forever. Yeah, you could. But as a believer, God empowers us. And this is the beauty of it, right? In, in the one sense, you've got the Old Testament, which says not to set your mind on falsehoods, right? right? And th- there's a choice there. But in the New Testament, we realize we have been in, indwelt now, and we are indwelt by the power of God himself. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. And we have power in our lives that the Old Testament saints, so to speak, did not have. Right. Because... Jesus hadn't died. The Holy Spirit hadn't come to live inside. And so think about how much more equipped we are, so to speak, than they were to make these choices. We are. So we, so we have the choice that's set before us, um, but we have the Holy Spirit within us and we have the Holy Spirit to guide us. We have him to encourage us. We have power from on high through the Holy Spirit. And so when, when, there, when it talks about, you know, choose ye this day who you will serve, that is the scripture that comes before the, the plaque that's on in many of our homes, right. you know. That is, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But right before that is, choose you this day who you will serve. God lays it out. He lets us choose, but he's left us. We are in the blessed position as New Testament believers to have the Holy Spirit to help us choose the right thing and to enable us with power. It's like, I gave you the Maserati. Here are the keys. Your Drive choice. it yeah. or not. Right. <laughs> Use the gas pedal or not. You know, that's all right. Well, and we're talking to Rod Thompson today, our guest. And we're sharing a little bit about truth and falsehood, choices about what we meditate on, think about, and how that truth and falsehood impact your life. But before we jump back into that, it's time for our book highlight segment, which is brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. And uh, we're going to give you a copy of the book, Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. Rod, you've read this book. I have. A fantastic book. Man, this is this is a classic. He was a monk. He was, and, and he lived most of his life washing dishes. Amazing. But he has such a unique connection to God. And, and it was a lot of what we're talking about today. He spent his time meditating and choosing to think, he even did. while he's washing dishes. Talk about I work for him. I mean, he's just washing dishes. He's doing this humble little deed. People knew who he was in the Lord so well that they would they would go into the kitchen and spend time helping him with the dishes just so that they could be near him. Just to experience what he yep. was experiencing. No so, major robes, no platform, no anything. He was just a humble man doing what he was supposed to be doing and walking with his Lord. Can you imagine? I mean, you, why would you go help somebody wash dishes? It's because your heart is hungry and right. you sense the presence of God. Right. 
in the room. Amazing. Uh, it's been around for nearly 300 years. It's a great book. If you call right now, 855-265-2929, we will give you a copy of Brother Lawrence's book, The Practice of the Presence of God. And uh, it is courtesy of Martha Brangenberg and Karis Christian Books and Gifts. So we appreciate Martha and Karis Christian Books and Gifts for giving that away. And uh, we would invite you to call in right now again. If you're the first caller, we'll give you a copy of that book. Remember, read the book. Don't wait for the movie. Nineteen eighty six. Andrea looked it up for me yesterday because I kept saying the wrong year. They will not be making a movie of that book. <laughs> no, not of, not of that book. Yeah, maybe no. not. But uh, anyway, hey, I, I, I'm enjoying our discussion today because we're talking about uh, meditating on truth and the idea from Psalm twenty four four, which which talked about how that the person who can ascend into the presence of God, speaking of the presence of God, is someone who has not set their minds on falsehood. Interesting, and we're talking about the fact that we choose. We do choose. We do choose, and and sometimes we're in circumstances where we don't think we have a choice because we're in crummy circumstances. But really, we do have a choice, even in the worst of circumstances. We have a choice as far as what our attitude towards the circumstances are, what our attitude toward God is. And something that's recently been really big for me, and I shared it in our church a couple weeks ago, is out of the scripture that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings as eagles, run and not weary. It's a nice one to quote because of the great promises. It's fantastic promises. But what really struck me on this, and, and has struck me for many months now, is the precedent to they that wait upon the Lord. Clearly they are waiting because they need something from God. They need healing. They need money. They need relationships restored. They need something from God. They need that business deal to close. Exactly. And they don't have it. The point is, that's why they're waiting. They don't have it. So if you spend that time just trying to get through it and stressing out and trying to find any way to make it happen somehow in your own might, well, that's one way. That would be, I think, a false way of doing it. But if you do everything you know to do, but you wait upon the Lord and you have peace and contentment in your heart, then is when you will mount up with wings as eagles. Then is when you are your strength is renewed. Your faith is strengthened. When you wait upon the Lord with peace in your heart in the valley of suffering and difficulty so what you're saying is you have to be in a bummer of a circumstance for that promise to be something you can claim (laughs) and and indeed because we all end up in bummers of circumstances we have the promise and we do, and especially those of us realizing that we that we work for Him. You know, I, I don't want to make this sound trite, but you know, the, if you're a believer in the workplace, in a lot of ways, you carry more responsibility than the person next to you. You know, uh, if, if whether you own the business or not, it doesn't really matter. The person next to you who's not a believer, they either they do their job or they don't. They clock in and out, whatever they. But they don't carry the responsibility of having the stewardship that God has entrusted to us. Because they are an eternal soul, and you may be the vehicle by which God wants to reach them. Now, there might be other vehicles, too, but the Bible says clearly that God does not wish that any should perish. So that person who at this moment is destined for hell, God does not wish that they should perish. And for some reason, you are right there in their lives. And so you do carry, there's no heavier burden. The the CEO of Google does not have a bigger burden than what you have with that person. But at the same time, we have more equipping because of the same thing we were talking about earlier, you know, the, the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit who lives in us, who is our enabler. He's our 
Paraclete was the Greek term for the one who's sent along beside. He walks beside us. But if we were to really make it our intentional effort, spend intentional effort on meditating on truth rather than falsehood, including the truth that I'm not alone carrying this this responsibility. It's not like God just gave you an assignment and said, hey, sucker, (laughs) you know, you now have a really tough job to do and good luck with that. No, he, he, he gave us a responsibility, but he said, I'll be right there with you. Right. But he gave us the choice, too. Are we going to be willing? Are we going to be used by him? Are we going to do what we need to do, what we think we should do, what we might be uncomfortable doing? Or are we just going to coast along in our own little valley and be in our own little saved silo here? You know, where I'm saved, my ticket is punched, everything's cool with me, I'm really sorry about that guy. You know, so we have to make the choice to be able to reach out. Now, we don't save anybody. There's Truly. no way in our own strength that we save anybody. However, most people get saved by the testimony of others of yeah. the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are the ones, you know, I, 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 the, the, the song, you know, that's always playing with I work for him. I want to be his hands. I want to be his feet. Think about what that really means. You know, here's God, creator of the universe, who cannot be contained because he is infinite, transcendent, yeah. right? <laughs> infinite in every conceivable way. You know, anything that he created has to, by very virtue of, of just the laws of nature, has to be smaller than him, right? So he's, right. he cannot be contained. He's completely transcendent. And yet, the way that he interacts with the unsaved in the world is by inside of us, just like manifesting himself in our daily lives. It is quite the mystery of the it? truth of God that all of uh, all of matter, all of creation, all of everything is contained within him, and yet he abides within us. And manages to, through us, communicate to people, um, you know, and we get to be a participant in that process. Right. I, I think that's the exci- exciting thing. There's a, there's, a, there's a pattern of life here. We were talking on the break, you and I were talking about Watchman Nee, who was uh, another one of these, like Brother Lawrence, just incredible uh, uh, example of somebody who, who could demonstrate not only the, 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 the intentional effort we're talking about, but, but the presence of God. I mean, uh, he, was a, he was a prisoner much of his life in, in China. He was from China. Uh, lived, what, maybe 100 years ago or so? Yeah, no, it was the 20th century. Um, and uh, th- I think uh, maybe something you don't know, maybe you do know, but you know he was a businessman at first too. I did. I re- and, I'd forgotten that. You're yeah, right. and he he liked to use a lot of that money for the kingdom. But he was actually a fairly savvy businessman before the communists took over. Yeah, and and of course a lot of things happened when the communists did come in. But he's written some really really fascinating books. Uh, one of them is kind of a textbook. Uh, it's called The Spiritual Man. Watchman Nee is a, a big book. Right. And when I say it's a textbook, it's it's kind of difficult reading. But uh, he probably understood. more more about how the human soul, the eternal human soul and spirit worked than just about anybody I've ever read. He was amazing in that respect. One of the great stories I like about because all that writing that we have from him was pre-prison days because when he was in prison, nobody even really knew if he was alive or not on the outside. He was a political prisoner. A lot of that was just unknown about him. He was moved from prison to prison to prison, but they retraced his routes and knew where he had stayed. There was evidence. He, left, was, he left evidence. He left a trail of saved prison guards who would quietly and secretly, because their lives could be in jeopardy, say that it was him. He, the way he lived before them was the way he'd lived before he was in prison, too. And so in all of that suffering, um, in all of that darkness, he was still proclaiming Christ. He had the power of the Holy Spirit to do it. And guards, communist guards in communist prisons were getting saved because of him. They 
think about that, you know, and, and, and talking about being in a bummer of a circumstance, right? Truly. And we think our, our lives are, are tricky or difficult or whatever, and not to take away from the reality of our circumstances. Right. I mean, to us, they really are. Right. And some people are in very bad circumstances, but those are, those of us that might struggle with bills or something, it's not at the same level as Watchman E and say what our brethren are going through in the Middle East if they happen to live in territory controlled by ISIS. In many places in this world right now, uh, believers are being persecuted and, and, it, and, it, and not just in a, in a way that, make, you know, somebody kicks them when they walk by, you know, you know or calls them a name. Right. Uh, in, in, in very, very difficult ways. But it's, it's, in, it's in moments like that, I think, that we often reach out, whether it's a difficult circumstance to us or one that is universally a difficult circumstance. We reach out to God in those moments. And I guess what, I guess what we're saying today is, you know, we don't have to wait for there to be a real difficult time to come along. We can invest our energies in, in pursuing him and thinking on truths and meditating on him and experiencing. Why not experience the supernatural when you're just in your day to day rather than wait for a rough time? to come? Well, that's an excellent point, And we should be. And that's why we have the proactive way that we've been talking about today. As far as let your mind dwell on these things, whatever true is right, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure. You know, let your mind dwell on these things. These are things we should be dwelling on all the time. And then the rest of it, though, is when those tough times come, we have this whole slew of promises, depending on our response to the tough times, we have this whole slew of promises to call on. So he's covering the, all the bases for us. Isn't that great? I mean, it, just it, like a loving father would do. Yeah. <laughs> And, and to equip us and train us and to give us absolutely everything that we need. And, and uh, but, you know, I, I, I feel like sometimes it's easy for us to hear messages like this and just listen and say, OK, well, that sounds nice. You know, it sounds nice. But in our lives, we can have the opportunity to participate with Almighty God in extending his influence over the earth and accomplishing his mission. Forget our mission or vision statements. What about his? He. He's inviting us into his work. Right. And it's work that when we do it faithfully, it goes with us into eternity. Because the only thing that will last is that which was done for Christ. That's what our Bible says. So all of the things that we succeed with on our own here is actually just dross. It's just yeah. nothing. I was I was almost going to do a raspberry into the microphone and decided <laughs> not to. Um, our <laughs> listeners want to thank you for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do a Tweety Bird there. Um, but if we do it for Christ and these things that we might be a sacrifice it might not even be that big a deal but we do it for christ and then we carry that celebration into eternity we yeah. have with us we have our treasures then stored up in heaven but we're not talking about being the you know the old saying right you're so heavenly minded you're no earthly good we're not talking about that goodness we're, no you know we're talking about it, quite the opposite it's 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 like this mentality that it's yeah i'm setting my mind on him but what i'm setting my mind on him accomplishes uh, is that he invades my circumstance it's not like i'm thinking about heaven it's he's thinking about earth <laughs> right <laughs> right right and 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 the reason why we ought to be dwelling on that which is pure and holy and right is the same reason that um, they train people to to find counterfeit counterfeit bills by telling them teaching them what real bills are like it's, they that's touch, fascinating they to me. feel they look they become so familiar with the true dollar bill that they recognize a counterfeit in a heartbeat they don't have to learn what all counterfeits look like they only have to know what the true one looks like and yet how many believers do you know that want to spend all their time talking about cults or yep. other weird belief things yep. or whatever no 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 just get to know the truth yeah. <laughs> you know you, you don't have to worry about uh, ending up uh, you know 
in, in error if you spend your time on the truth. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. good stuff. So talking with Rod Thompson today. Rod, you're a good friend. I mean, we've we've uh, had the privilege of collaborating a little bit in the business world, known each other for about 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. And you, in, at that time, you were still in the world of journalism, but you, uh, what, four or five years ago? How long ago was it that you... That's three years ago. Three. It seems, it seems like longer than that, but you've uh, you've been working... I feel like it's what I've done most of the time. Yeah, it's, huh? isn't it? Yeah. So Rod launched, you launched out on your own and you started Thompson, the Thompson Group, I should say. It's uh, ThompsonPR.com. No P in Thompson. Right. But there is a P in PR. There is. <laughs> and uh, so that's the Scottish spelling, I yeah, guess. Yeah, no P in Thompson's the Scottish spelling. Yeah, so Rod Thompson. And uh, Rod, you work with businesses of all shapes and sizes and colors and imaginable variations, it seems. Um, picking up, what, international clients these days? Yeah, really. I've got actually two international clients, which is pretty amazing. And you do work in the political sphere as well. Right. So, the, you know, you're listening to a couple of guys talking about Scripture and the presence of God, but we both work every day. Sorry about that, Rod. <laughs> we work every day in the world of, of real life, real business, delivering results. This is why I like this program so much, really, because we're talking about people, and he's talking about people that are on the front lines of the battle for the kingdom. You know, I mean, I realize that actually the prayer closet is also the front lines. Sure it is. Um, but we were talking about you and I are out there all the time interacting with believers, with non-believers, with all sorts of situations, and we have the opportunity there like almost nobody in um, ministry does. And I, I'm certainly not dissing ministry in any way. Um, but, you know, that role... Well, what we traditionally some, classify as ministry, yes, right? exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, because every day, I mean, you know, I used to do this in front of audiences. I would say, who here is in full-time ministry? You know, and you get like a couple of hands. <laughs> no, it should, every hand should go up. Right. It's, it's a great setup, you know, for it people. Is. But anyway, yeah. So and we, they know they're being set up. Of course. Yeah. Well, some of them do. Okay. Some of them walk right into it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you got to have a little fun when you're in front of people like that. But right. you, you, uh, you're right. You know, those who are maybe stuck in sort of an ecclesiastical setting, so to speak. Right, right. If you're, if you're calling or if your vocation, whatever it might be, is in support of the church, the church that you're a part of, that's one thing. The building. The building in a lot of ways, but it could be the people too. You might be doing lots of counseling, that sure. sort of thing. I mean, it, there's important work there that's going on, but there's really important work by all those people sitting in the pews in there too. And they really need to be equipped to be confident, to be able to go out and live their lives loudly, if you will. Sure. You know, and be the hands and feet and actually be the gospel proclaimers out in the world in a way that nobody back at the church has the opportunity to. And I love our discussion today because you don't have to do it alone. You do it carrying the real, tangible presence of right. God, which we can cultivate. Right. And uh, and that's, uh, that is something that we can focus on. So I don't know about you, but if you are a business person and you're thinking, you know, I could use some exposure, some publicity, some media attention, uh, maybe a newspaper article, an interview with a television reporter or whatever that would be good for your business i wouldn't want just anybody getting that work done for me i would want somebody who is indwelt by the power of (laughs) almighty god the spirit of god has invaded his life and he's carrying not just a 30 year uh, uh, you know level of experience in journalism but he's also carrying the creative power from on high to get it done it's true i mean yeah absolutely i like that very much and i appreciate that um but the the truth is it does require the holy spirit 
Spirit to help. But the, also the truth is, is that we can do all things with Holy Spirit integrity in what we do. I mean, because I handle a lot of stuff for regardless of what I is. have a lot sure. of stuff for political campaigns. Yeah. But you can do a political campaign with integrity and honesty. I'm telling you, man, God is good to us and he's given us some unique opportunities. Rod, I think before we wrap up today, we should mention this. Uh, in addition to the work that you do with your clients uh, and people can find you on, on the web at ThompsonPR.com, yep. right? You and I are, are also involved in another project, which has been a lot of fun. It really has been. Yeah. And our good friend Josh Muccio helps us out with this. But the three of us host a podcast for business owners mm-hmm. and small business teams. We help them grow. And you can find that on the web at growthedream.com slash show. Yes. It's the Grow the Dream Show. You can just Google Grow the Dream Show. You can find us there. But uh, we've got, what, 16? I think we just produced the 17th. It's going to release next week. 17 episodes now. Yep. And it's growing. I mean, we're getting a lot more uh, appreciations on iTunes with it. Um, We're getting a lot more downloads. So apparently, it's helping some folks out. I think so. I think so. So it's an honor to work alongside you, my friend. I agree. Thank you. But if you are listening today, I want to encourage you that that Jim from Jim, Jim Brengenberg here, who is uh, part of I Work For Him, the founder of I Work For Him. He's looking for a thousand people in Tampa Bay to take the challenge to look at their workplace as their mission field. The very things, Rod, that you and I are talking about today. And so we're looking for those thousand people. If you're one of these people, then you're the sort of person who's willing to pray for your coworkers and, and employees. You're looking for ways to befriend them outside of the workplace. You're looking for ways to serve those coworkers and employees in the workplace. You're willing to be ready to pray with people in the workplace when you see an opportunity. One of the things you and I discussed, Rod, last time you were here and uh, also to be the best and brightest example of a person in your position in short you're a person who seeks excellence if that sounds like you or if it sounds like somebody you want to aspire to be then head over to the i work for him website and click on contact us we're looking for you to be a part of the i work for him nation you're listening to the i work for him show with your host jim brangenberg i'm a christ follower who owns my own business but ultimately i work for him